Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the Talk to Defeat ALS podcast. I'm Tony Heil, and I am with the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia chapter. If you've listened to our podcast before, and I hope you have, you've heard from our care services department, researchers, advocates, patients, uh, from the very different perspectives um, that people have with ALS. Um, As anyone who has been affected by ALS knows, uh, no two people are the same, and it affects every family and person differently. And so we're here not to talk about statistics so much, but to talk about the human beings affected by this disease and how you and all of us can work together to find better treatments and hopefully a cure. Today I'm going to be talking with my new friend, Jim Doyle. He is from Berwick, Pennsylvania, and we're going to be talking about the Berwick Walk to Defeat ALS and also about uh, Coach Curry, who was a force in Berwick football for a generation or longer, depending on how you describe a generation. And Jim has been the voice of the football there and personally connected to this extraordinary gentleman um, and we're going to be talking about what that means to him and hopefully why you should be inspired to join a walk near you or to join and support the the walk in Berwick, Pennsylvania, which you can do online and join us at berwickwalktodefeatals.org or find a walk in our area at walk2, the number 2, AL, walk2defeatals.org. Now, with that in mind, I want to introduce Jim, and he's going to talk to us about his story, and I hope you'll learn things, and maybe I will end up with some questions to ask me, um, and you can contact all of us at our website at alsphiladelphia.org. Jim, thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh, my pleasure, Tony. And you have, you're such an upbeat person. Um, you contacted us about... Um, the coach. So tell me about what you know about Coach Curry, and I think that we don't talk about him enough because, you know, I, he's an extraordinary person. Well, I had the privilege of working with him for for many many years. In fact, uh, actually, I did a couple of games on the radio for Berwick Football from WHLM uh, before his arrival. But uh, I was there for all the thirty nine of his forty six seasons as head coach, which was spent at Berwick. And I got to work with him uh, every week, and he was just a, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, just uh, a great guy, uh, as enthusiastic as anyone you've ever met. There was never a better marriage of person to profession than George Curry to coaching high school football. He just loved every minute of it. His enthusiasm was contagious. Uh, if you spent... Uh, five minutes with him you'd be ready to go out and block somebody i mean it's just he, he was that kind of person so you have talked there he was the winningest football coach in like the state or the country for many years right uh, it still is to the state with 455 wins uh 81 percent of the games that he coached uh were were victories uh it's hard to overstate just how big Berwick football was under George Curry. Uh, it's a school with a great tradition in high school football. It didn't start with George, but the fact is the four seasons before he got there, 1971 was his first year, uh, the four seasons combined were 20 wins and 20 losses, and that just isn't up to Berwick standards. But under him, it was just six state championships, uh, three times the USA Today named his team's the best teams in the country, mythical national champions, if you will, 1983, 1992, and 1995. Uh, 
after 1992 season, uh, the team was invited to the White House. They met with President Clinton uh, the next year, 1993. Uh, ABC's uh, popular news show, Late Night, uh, Nightline, uh, devoted two entire shows to Berwick football. In fact, I remember seeing Ted Koppel on the sidelines at, at Crispin Field. Uh, so it was just amazing. It, if you had a, a Berwick football shirt and you walked around any city in the United States, someone would approach you and and ask about Berwick football because they had heard of it. it. It was big time, and he was the architect of it. And, you know, people know professional football, so – um, you know, it's one thing to say, for example, like, wow, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And that's that was enough for people. Like They wanted that for years. And so to be good for one year or even be good enough to make the Super Bowl in professional football. But to have that success and to be named like that for years and, and over a span, it, like you said, it wasn't like he was there for 10 or 20 years and then eventually became good. But to be the best and then 10 years later, be the best again, like. I don't know that we'll have anyone like that anytime soon, right? He was special. Uh, in 1971, when he was hired, he was only 26 years old. He had spent uh, four years at a much smaller school, not far from Berwick, uh, Lake Lehman. And he had some success there, but still, I'm sure that the uh, the people who hired him at the time were, were taking somewhat of, of a risk because it was a big step up at the time from Lake Lehman to uh, Berwick, where football is concerned and they didn't know what they were getting they were hoping they would have something special i don't think any of them could have imagined that they would have someone that turned out to be as as special as he was and you know we talked about in our conversation before we started recording here um that for all of us als is a personal thing so he let's talk about george the person so he was successful what what made him such an icon? It wasn't just the numbers on his win loss record, right? It was what what made him stand out and become successful. Yeah, well, if you talk to any of his former players, I mean, they'll they'll tell you that uh, he was just a marvel at putting them in a position to be successful. I mean, they absolutely he could X and O with with the best of them. He could motivate with the best of them. Uh, he just was. A, a special coach and uh i had the privilege of of working with him for so many years and uh, the the last season was very very poignant that was 2015 uh because prior to the season he got the diagnosis that he feared he told me that that was one of the possibilities and obviously he was hoping it was almost anything except uh als uh, and it was really really sad to see how that disease devastated him because he was such a energy person such a life force and to see that gradually i mean he was walking hunched over and he had a, a big powerful gruff voice and by the end of that season we did a 30 minute uh, uh pre-game show which i taped on tuesday mornings uh, all all season long and his voice got weaker and weaker and weaker, and it finally got to the point where a friend of his, a Dr. David Campbell, uh, made him a, a headset along with a microphone and an amplifier so it could amplify his voice wow. so it could better be heard uh, on, on the air. But the amazing thing about it, and it just adds to the kind of person he was, never once during that whole season 
did he even consider not doing the show? Uh, never once did I hear him say, why me? Uh, everything was full straight ahead. The, the team that played for him in 2015 got his all his effort every week, every, every practice. He did all he could when he had little or no energy to do it. And somehow he willed himself through that season. And there, there was never a better example of what kind of an influence he had during his career than uh, it was the last regular season home game at Crispin Field in Berwick. And it was October 30th. And through social media, uh, the players, former players, got together this spontaneous response. They said, we have to be at this game. And literally, hundreds, hundreds of players from all over the country were there. And before the game, they made a human tunnel that started in the end zone, went out all the way to uh, midfield. And then he walked out, uh, you know, hunched over, greeting them. It was, I'll tell you what, <laughs> Crispin Field, where Berwick plays, has been uh, home to Berwick football since uh, 1929. That that particular night might have been the most emotional night ever. It was. It's as close as I've ever come to crying on the air. <laughs> really, I mean, it was. It was just something to see that that appreciation of all the generations of players that that he touched. I. I can't imagine that anything could top that just in your description of it. I mean, you can have wins and losses, but just hearing it sends chills down my spine. Yeah, and it, the amazing thing about it is it, it happened like it wasn't months in the planning. It was just a couple of days, and and people went out of their way and, and, and left their jobs and left their homes uh, hundreds, maybe thousands of miles away and, and showed up, and it, that that you're right more than wins and losses more than any of the successes uh the influence that you have on people around you uh, is is really your legacy and uh his legacy was clear that night at crispin field and again because it wasn't just wins and losses people uh knew him in the community um they knew his family they knew him as a family man right so he developed a very strong personal reputation uh, reputation um, that I think is just so apparent when you talk to anyone who is from Berwick. Yeah, and he had so many uh, players go on to play in college and become very, very successful. And uh, he uh, he shared his uh, his knowledge and his influence too. When he was uh, when he would be uh, talking to a college coach about one of his players. He would say, "Hey, you you need to look at this player at Pittston, or you need to look at this player at the West Scranton, uh, you know, players that played against his teams." So he was influential uh, beyond just uh, Berwick football. And so, what? Because I, I, I didn't know Coach Curry. I'm from. I live near King of Prussia myself, um, and. So what, what were the first symptoms when you said he thought that it might be ALS? When did he first realize and when did you first start talking to him about, you know, what might be going on with him? Well, I don't know if it, when it was the first time, but uh, and it might have been a little before that season. But he was, he was having problems with it, with his neck and he thought it was, uh, you know, something that a, a chiropractor could do something about it. Uh, but then as as that 2015 season progressed, he, he was uh, 
he was hunched over and uh even though he was near 70 he he didn't look old prior to that but it was amazing how how fast the the disease sped up the aging process uh he suddenly looked very old he suddenly looked much smaller like i said he was such a, a powerful uh life force and, and suddenly it was being reduced and, and reduced uh uh, it was, it was so so sad to see. And so he started realizing getting weaker and feeling symptoms. You said that his voice was starting to go. Which I mean, I'm not talking medicine here, but it's frequent with people with bulb bar forms of ALS. Um, so that must have been very difficult to watch your friend and someone you ins- were inspired by to how they were going through that. Oh, it was very very tough for for everybody. Uh, and, but he but he stayed with it. Uh, he stayed on his feet during the hours that it takes to play a game. Uh, he never ended up in a uh, in a wheelchair. Uh, but he got through that 2015 season. Uh, but died shortly thereafter. In fact, uh, April 1st, uh, 2016, is when uh, ALS finally finally took him. Um, so it was it was sad. But it was inspiring in, in the same way. You know, he, he always uh, motivated players to fight adversity. And boy, he was, he walked the walk. You know, he just, uh, uh, no one fought this disease uh, probably any harder than, than he did that, that final year. He just didn't sit back and accept it. Uh, I mean, he knew it was, a, it was a death sentence when the diagnosis came. I mean, he was well-read uh, on that stuff when, once he uh, found out that he had it. Uh, but it, it didn't hold him back. It didn't stop him. And and who knows, maybe uh, the season and the 2015 team and the players, uh, maybe that, uh, you know, enabled him to last a little longer than he might have under uh, different circumstances. Yeah, I can only imagine what it's like for a community to watch and do that. And we all need that kind of inspiration these days, right? Like, I can only imagine how much we could all look to someone like him as the the state, the country, the world is dealing with its own issues at this time. Yeah, it's so easy to, uh, you know, feel sorry for yourself, even if, uh, for instance, today, if you don't have COVID-19, but say, well, I have to stay in the house and I have to make this sacrifice and that sacrifice uh, to see him uh, fight through it and coach as hard as he has ever coached in his previous 45 seasons prior to that one. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't, you couldn't feel sorry for yourself no matter what was going on in your life when you saw what, uh, what he was going through and how he was dealing with it. And high school football players, by their nature, are high schoolers. They're, um, you know, that nothing against his team, but they're, you know, there's a you're going through a lot when you're high school. Let's put it that way. Um, so, how did his teammate, the the team, the kids, how did they respond um, to him during that season and kind of live up to his legacy? Well, I mean, they played well. It wasn't a championship season, but it was a very good season. It was a winning season. Um, you would probably have to ask that question more of the uh, of the coaches who were around him every day, uh, because you know they were the ones that were at every every practice. But the 
certainly wasn't any lack of effort. Uh, that team had a, a decent season, and they, they played hard. And, I mean, they, they could see the difference in their coach. So it wasn't like they didn't know what was, uh, what was going on. But again, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a high school player and, you know, I've got uh, a sprained ankle or whatever, whatever problem they may have come across, be hard to uh, feel sorry for yourself when you saw your head coach uh, going through what he was going through, literally dying as the season progressed and staying with it and giving it your all. That, that, that had to be inspiring to them. Right. I can't. I, again, I can only imagine how I would feel. My, my if I was playing football, my, I imagine my parents would be pointing to that as an example. Yes. Yes. Stop your complaining. Look at him. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, in addition to you have um, you start you got involved in the walk to defeat ALS, which um, we've had walks in Northeast PA for a few years now. Uh, we moved it to Berwick. What what? What do you think about the fact that our walk that had been in Scranton and before that other places that we decided, you know, there has to be an ALS Association walk committed to this town? Well, I, mean, I can't speak to the other places that it was prior, but I, I just know that uh, Berwick is is a town that uh, has great pride. Uh, anytime there's a, a fundraiser in, in Berwick, it doesn't take long for people to come up with the money, uh, whether it be the, the, the town pool that needs restoration, whatever the, the cause may be, Berwick people rally, and they rally every Friday night in the fall at Crispin Field, and they've been doing that for many, many, many years. And The name of uh, George Curry will always be big there, so I, I think it's a, it's, it's a great move. It's been a successful walk as far as I can see, uh, for the first three years, I'm sure it will be again this year. So the and what you know, the coach Curry has passed away, like you said, and the walk is used to raise money for people who aren't George Curry. What does the walk to defeat ALS mean to someone like you, having watched this amazing individual go through it? Well, it it means a, a lot to me. I mean, it, it's uh, I realize there there are a lot of ways that. Uh, people pass away but uh this one because of my connection to george uh it just it just seems like one of one of the cruelest of all because uh not that i know that much about the disease but i do know this it doesn't affect your mind at all so as as your body is failing you you are well aware of everything you are well aware of the things you're you're losing your, your, your functions. And, uh, that has to be so devastating and so, so frustrating. And, uh, so, uh, anything that, that I can do, or certainly anybody connected to this Berwick walk can do to, uh, prevent, uh, that happening to, uh, someone down the line, having seen what it did to George Curry is, uh, you know, in, inspires people to, to act. Yeah, and we need to act. Um, the walk for people who are new to this um, or maybe are um, connected to Coach Curry but don't know about the walk enough. Um, the walk 
It helps raise money that's necessary for care services, both wherever we have it in the area. Um, and those services include in-home care, clinic services, access to social workers and nurses, um, a loaner closet for things like wheelchairs and assistive technology devices, um, support groups, resource groups, and things like that, um, respite care even, and then it's also research. Um, you watched Coach Curry go through all this. Um, you see what the walk can raise money for. What do you think is important with that walk? What do you like to see that it supports, uh, Jim, um, and knowing that your dollars are going to it? Well, I like the fact that you mentioned the uh, uh, services that are available to, to people who are suffering from this disease because uh, although we don't have a cure yet, there, there's still uh, lots of things that can do that can make their their lives more more bearable uh and obviously the 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 research thing is the uh the real inspiration uh beyond that uh because you and i were talking uh before we started the show about uh, the fact that you know when you in years past if you said the word cancer that that was a death sentence and for many 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 people because of all the research that's gone into cancer that's no longer the case aids the same thing that was a, a death sentence, and now it no longer is. And and hopefully, with walks like like the one in Berwick, uh, there will be a day when uh, ALS is not a death sentence either. And thankfully, we are making progress. We are able to track um, the genetics of ALS. Uh, we have videos on our YouTube page and website. If you go to youtube.com slash ALS Philadelphia, you can find some of the latest research videos uh, to see some news about platform trials and about um, understanding genetic therapies and advances. So it is an exciting time for that. And I'm sure, Jim, you would agree that um, there's no excitement that is enough uh, in comparison to actual cures and new treatments. Um, but the money you're, you're raising is going to them and it is making a difference. It is. And Tony, I really appreciate uh, what, what you do, what the ALS Association's done. One of the gratifying things that's, uh, to me, uh, as I've participated in these walks, is, is working with, uh, with people from ALS. They've, they've been wonderful. They're, uh, they do great work and they're very enthusiastic about it. It's, it's contagious and, uh, uh, that's that's the way George Curry was. I mean, his enthusiasm was contagious. So I I appreciate all that you do. And we we need our walks and our events to be diverse. And I don't just mean that in terms of the kinds of people, but the kinds of places. Because our territory for our chapter um, includes half of New Jersey, all of Delaware, and half of Pennsylvania, from Philadelphia up to Tioga County, um, and. You know, we need to make sure the awareness is there. Um, I'm sure, Jim, before Coach Curry, you, you probably didn't know a ton of people who had been affected by ALS. Is that safe to say? No. In fact, uh, I want to say the guy's name was Steve Gleason mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, who became famous for a, a block kick when the, the Saints came back and played their first home game after the Katrina uh, disaster. Uh, other than Lou Gehrig, of course, it's called Lou Gehrig's disease. Steve Gleason was the only other person that, that I knew. And then 
another person, in fact, this person worked for George for at least one season as an athletic trainer. He was the athletic trainer at uh, Bloomsburg University. Art Hopkins was a very good friend of mine. So those those are the people that uh, that I knew of. That's how I became aware of uh, of ALS. And that's why it's important for us to have events and awareness and even podcasts like this for um, other communities like Berwick, because it's not like ALS as a Philadelphia disease or a Pittsburgh disease. It's something that exists everywhere. Um, we have um, clinics in the Geisinger system in Geisinger, Bloomsburg and um, Danville. And people in Northeast PA can go to those clinics and be in touch with social workers, nurses, um, all of the resources that they need. I'm sure in Berwick, sometimes people, when they're thinking of cities, they don't think of Berwick. But I'm sure it's important to you to know that people in your county, in your area, um, have access because of events like this walk. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the thing. People that have this dreaded disease uh, in this in this area will be the beneficiaries of, of all the great stuff that, that you and your group does. Right, and, and we care about every single family, um, no matter where they are. We've had amazing individuals from Scranton, uh, and even, like I said, Tioga County. I've met people from there in one way or another, and you know there might not be a lot of people in that county, but they're just as valuable as anyone from philadelphia or ocean city or anywhere else and we're we're just like with everything going on in the world today we're all in this together with your help yeah and it's a really difficult time i'm sure uh with so much emphasis and rightfully so on uh covid19 uh the thing is that these these other dreadful maladies uh, they don't take off because there's a a pandemic i mean they're still still going so uh I'm glad that uh, these walks, even if they're virtual this time around, uh, can take place and, and the money keeps going where where it needs to go. It, it's true. It's uh, Right now, I'm sure anyone listening knows that fundraising is ch- very challenging right now. People are in a tough economic position. Um, states are in a tough bind. And our events, while... Um, still happening are mostly fundraising online though most people were raising money online already um, but the need is just as great if not greater because if people are losing their jobs elsewhere that means that they they need a place like us um, to help them with care services and we want to be there for them i'm sure george was had a lot of services available to him but you saw how important it is for anyone no matter where they are or how much they have, um, to have all the services possible to make their lives better with ALS. And I'm sure he's proud that uh, his legacy is is not just uh, on the football field and not just the players that he influenced, but uh, now his name is attached to this great cause as well. Yeah, I've again, I've never met George Curry, but when I think George Curry, I think winning. And now I think of George Curry, I think winning against ALS, and that's something, a legacy I think we would all love to have. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you're listening, we are encouraging you to walk your way to defeat ALS. Your support is needed more than ever, and that's not just a catchphrase. It's very true. 
Um, before this call, I was talking to Jim. I've been involved with the organization for 10 years now almost. My grandfather passing away from ALS a few years before that. So I know that every dollar you raise um, as a, in a walk matters. Please go to walk to the number two defeatals.org um, and sign up for a walk today. Register and people will help you um, to become successful. Post your pictures. Have fun with it. We're all in this together. Um, Jim, you are the voice of Berwick, um, as far as I'm concerned. So what, what message do you want to leave to encourage people to stay involved and stay engaged in this cause this year? Well, I just, uh, would like to tell people to, uh, realize that this is, uh, you know, a, a dreadful disease. It's, it's a great cause. Uh, and in the case of the Berwick walk, it's a, it's a great cause in the name of a, of a great man. And the, the combination of that uh, hopefully is an inspiration for, for people to uh, take part and, uh, and keep the funds coming for this cause. Well, I'm certainly inspired. I think we can all find inspiration from Coach Curry and from your efforts. Jim, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for, so much for participating. Again, follow us on social media at ALS Philadelphia um, on all platforms and share your pictures and video. We encourage you strongly to walk your way to defeat ALS wherever you are, right, Jim? You could be on the football field. You could be at the beach. You could be in your office. Um, every effort adds up, and it. And we, I'm sure George would love to see everyone's um, own interpretation of how they can do this, right? It, he would indeed. He would indeed. Hopefully it's a great day. Right. So, and if you have a, a jersey, wear a Berwick jersey, wear a football jersey. Um, show us what you're going to do. Register today at walk the number two defeatals.org and let's win together in George's memory and in the memory of all people affected by ALS. Thank, thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate your time and look forward to winning together. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you.